Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. Before we get started with our message today, I'm really excited to let you know I've now released my first book, Breaking Free, A Guide to Achieving Personal and Professional Freedom as a Lawyer. I'm dedicated to helping you find the success and freedom from stress and burnout in your practice. Breaking Free gives you the tools and actionable steps that allow you success and fulfillment in ways you never thought possible. You will see how to overcome the stress and overwhelm you feel, and to achieve a life of freedom, joy, and success. I will leave a link in the show notes where you can purchase it. I hope you enjoy reading Breaking Free as much as I have enjoyed writing it. Now to the rest of our episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of The Free Lawyer. I'm so excited to have with us today Catherine Porter, Catherine is a founder of her business known as The Resourceful Lawyer, and she helps law firms fashion innovative project management solutions that help them to do their work more efficiently and more profitably. And I've been practicing law for 45 years, and I have a lot to learn about this topic, so I'm so glad to have Catherine with us. Catherine, how are you today? I'm great, Gary, and thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Catherine, tell me about your your background, what you've done in the legal field uh, leading up to where you are now. Yeah, I um I went to law school because a friend of mine had was in her had just finished her first year of law school and I thought it sounded like fun. I I my ideal job would be a perpetual student. <laughs> so <laughs> me too. um so I just thought, oh, you know, that that sounds interesting. I'd like to do that. So I was a teacher at the time. So I went to law school. I said, well, if I get a, a good enough score on the LSAT, I'll go to a law, you know, a good law school. I wasn't, yeah. Anyway, so I went, so I ended up going to law school and then I didn't really think about what it meant to be a lawyer. <laughs> so I started with a, a law firm. Um, I had, was recently married and starting my family and, and did some different, like, you know, uh, scheduling and things like that, accommodations to accommodate being a young mom. And, um, and I, so I was with that firm for about 17 years off, you know, what kind of work did you do? What kind of work did you do in that firm? Yeah, I was primarily in imminent, in the imminent domain evaluation practice group. So I, one of the things I like though, about imminent domain is it tends to cross over to a lot of other fields and I'm just such a curious person. And, and it's always interesting to me to learn about different businesses and different types of, and different property issues and things like that. So it was, it was a good experience. Um, but I ended up leaving that firm and I bounced around a little bit with some con- related consulting firms and then a small business law boutique right before COVID, but then COVID. So, and it was actually, I already knew I wanted to do something different. I just wasn't sure what it was. Let me interrupt. And so, 
So why did you want to move out of the practice of law? You're with the firm 17 years doing work you enjoyed, but yet somehow inside you knew you wanted to do something different. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, at the end, it was a couple of things. At that particular firm, I um, I just found that I didn't have a future there on the partnership track. And, and I luckily had an ally who was very candid and honest and went to bat for me. But he was he was like, ultimately, yeah, you know, you don't really have a future. If you want to be a partner here, it's it's not going to happen. So I was like, okay. So then I um, like I went into a consulting field in a related related to eminent domain, and I liked the work, but things changed, and I ended up leaving. And I I don't know. I just knew, I knew I just knew I wanted to do something different, but I really had no idea what it was. It actually started out originally as a blog. I was like, oh, I want to start a blog. And uh, it just sort of morphed into consulting. I, I thought about coaching. Um, but meanwhile, I started working as a freelance attorney. And I, I'd already been using a project management tool to run my business and just my own, you know, personal stuff, everything. And so I started, I went to this um, firm that was handling a mass tort case and everything was just all over the place. They had all these spreadsheets and everything. So I what, came in and I said, well, you know, I use this what, tool. What kind of tort? Yeah, it was a, um, it was against, it was a sexual abuse case against a doctor at a university. And yeah, so we had a lot, firm, of I was, a lot of different plaintiffs and claimants. We had 300, over 300 that were just associated with this particular firm. There were another couple of hundred represented by other firms. And yeah, yeah. And so I said, you know, I came in and it was just, everybody was doing different things and information was stored in tons of different places. And I said, you know, I use this tool. Would you let me build it out for you? And, and they, I had to give the partners credit. They were like yeah great so i did and and i was like this is the most fun i've ever had practicing law <laughs> so um it was managing so building it out and also managing the project until they were like yeah we need you back on the substantive legal side so they actually ended up hiring a project manager um that was not a lawyer and so i still had an involvement in kind of i always like to say i i'm like a translator between legal speak and project management speak and so i think it was really helpful to to, the, oh. to do that role and that's how i sort of became like like i took a focus on the project management because i just really enjoyed that work so using just that case as an example how did you use project management or how did a project management help that case to be handled more efficiently? Well, I think that the first thing I did was to map out some of the common workflows. So each of the plaintiffs, they would get onboarded and then they would go, we'd need to get the questionnaires out to them. And then we'd prepare a fact sheet for them that would be prepared to the other side. And so it was basically all being managed by the two partners and a team of freelancers. But there was a real bottleneck because there was one partner who was more active on the um, in the process. And so she, you know, she was also negotiating with the defendants and just handling everything about the law firm and so about the law firm and the matter. So, you know, there was a real bottleneck there and people were like, well, what do I do next or where? And she didn't always know when things were ready for her review because it would get lost in her inbox right so 
this was, um, so by putting it into a tool, so I mapped that workflow out, say just for the fact sheets or the medical records review. And we mapped out the workflow, you know, who needs to do what, where does it go next? And then I used the tool to, to track that workflow. So it would have, you'd have the statuses that were related to the, um, to the workflow. And that was great for everyone because everyone could see at a glance where you know the fact sheets were in the process, where the medical records review was in the process, et cetera, uh, et cetera. So it just really raised the visibility. It caught, uh, made it more efficient, so everyone knew what they were doing um, and what where it went next as well. You talked about a tool. Uh, tell me what the tool was, or how you how you used it, or explain that to me. Yeah, I use a tool called ClickUp. And it's not um, a legal, it's not necessarily designed, it's not designed for legal at all. It's just a project management tool, but I, I really like it because it's very customizable. And so I, it fit right in with the legal. I just had to, you know, customize it, which was fun actually. <laughs> so um, yeah. And so it, it would have, it's a cloud-based tool and you uh, can customize the statuses, you know, you input the data. So like all the plaintiff's names were in there. And then we had statuses and, and process reflect for the medical records, for the fact sheets, even we got to try a trial on a few plaintiffs that had preference. And so we, uh, you know, so we were tracking the work that needed to get done for that uh, in there. And it was just, everything was at everybody's fingertips. And it's, especially since we had so many different freelancers. So was that your first experience in utilizing project management? Well, I'd been, um, I think well, a lot of lawyers, we've all been managing projects. We just haven't called it that, right? And right. so I, it was the first time I'd formally been a legal project manager, but informally, of course, I'd, I'd always done it for, for many years, especially like eminent domain, we'd have we were often representing the aid public agency and we'd have, you know, property, 300 properties that were involved. And so, you know, we tracked it. And back then I was using Excel spreadsheets because I didn't know about these different tools. Uh, like I said, I use ClickUp. There's Asana. Monday.com is very popular. And Clio, which I know a lot of firms use, has some capability. I don't think it's quite as robust as others as dedicated project management tools, but it does have some capability. I guess we all manage projects in some ways. It's just a matter of how inefficiently or wonderfully we do it, but we all have right. to manage our projects. Exactly. Yeah. And I use, I like I said, I use it to manage my business before I even got into legal project management and just, and even my, especially like financial tasks that are recurring, like every year I need to, you know, pay for the secretary of state or file my articles of incorporation or statement of information on a biannual basis. And instead of having to like, remember, oh, I need to do that in two years. It's in my project management tool. It will pop up and say, hey, you need to do this, you know? So can, for those of us who don't know, cause really to me, it's a relatively new term. Can you explain what you mean by legal project management? Of course. So uh, project management, there's a project management institute and they define a project as a short-term endeavor to deliver something of value and legal project management just is really the same thing. There's some debate in the legal project management field about whether we really need a legal in front of the project management. That's I'm of the mind. No, but that's not, you know, everyone has an opinion on that, but a project management is really the use of knowledge, skills, um, project management tools and techniques 
to deliver something of value efficiently and predictably. So what does that mean in, in, in the legal world? Does that mean we can more accurately know the status and follow the course and see what has to be done next? Those sorts of things on a given matter? Those things, uh, you know, when you're starting out the project or the matter, it, budgeting, it's more formal process for budgeting, scoping it out, making sure you're meeting the client's requirements and any other legal requirements. So there's a lot of, like a lot of things, there's a lot of pre, pre-work before you get to the actual, you know, work work. Uh, I always say it's what, measure twice, cut once. It's kind of that concept. You need to plan, plan it and then execute it. And by doing that in a formal way, you, I mean, there's like in litigation, there's always surprises, right? But I think yes. it handles, it helps you handle that, those things in stride instead of, you know, a bomb that just disrupts your whole life. So how can legal project management benefit lawyers? How does it help them? Yeah, it helps with uh, delivering th- value, delivering client service more efficiently, more transparently, um, because you know exactly where a matter is and who's doing what. It helps you track workload. Um, and of course, if you're also managing your own firm, it helps you track all what needs to be done for the firm. And it, it make, like I said, it makes it very predictable. And, and especially if you've got a practice where you have either a high volume of matters that go through or, or any, even if it's not a high volume, matters that tend to go through a same process every time, or if you have like a complex multi-party matter as well, it just helps keep track of everything really and making sure that you're doing the right things at the right time. And if you have a team, making sure the people, the right people are doing the right work at the right time. So you gave the example before of the mass tort with 300 kind of clients and matters pending. Is that the only circumstance in which it's helpful when you have sort of a mass tort sort of situation or is it applicable to other kind of legal matters too? I think it's applicable to everything. I use it to manage my, I have a fairly small uh, real estate, mostly litigation practice right now. And I use it to manage my cases, which in one instance is just a, you know, one party on each side. So it's not particularly complex, but there, but I still want to make sure, you know, I have my trial readiness documents at the right time and it can give myself lead time. So it's not, it's not a surprise. I'm like, Oh, this is due tomorrow, you know? Um, And then discovery, I track discovery in it. And like I said, if you're a, if you're an attorney who's also managing your law firm, you can incorporate those tasks in there as well. Wow. So what are some helpful legal project management tools and techniques that we can use? Yeah, well, like I said, there's a lot of tools out there. There's ClickUp, there's Monday, there's, uh, I think there's Rocket Lawyer, which I don't know much about, and Practice Panther. I believe they both uh, call themselves practice management software. So I think they have some of these capabilities. But I think the the one tip I like, because I think it's really important to start with, is that workflow mapping and taking your processes and just drawing them out on a, um, and I use, there's Mural, which I like, and there's another one called Miro, which is just basically, a, they're digital tools and you can map out almost, it's like a flow chart and you just, so that's the one thing I think is is so key is just to get that process laid out and then you can figure out how to implement it using whatever tool you have at hand. Uh, so that's like, that's probably the, the most critical tool, I think, and technique that that I think is helpful. Um, 
And then, but there's also the budgeting and the scoping that are real, obviously very important as well. And risk, uh, thinking about the risks and ahead of time. And again, because there's always surprises, right? So, but if you've kind of thought about the risks, you'll know, you know, you take them in stride. You know, I wish I had known about this um, concept 15 years or so ago. I did a lot of insurance defense work uh, representing insurance companies who insured transportation companies, and I would be assigned serious uh, truck accidents. Truck got an accident with a car on I-95 in Maryland, and I'd be handling it. And I found from the many years of having done that, that there were certain things I did at certain times. And I remember hiring an associate. I laid it all out in a very detailed memo. You know, this time after you with a compl answer complaint, you send interrogatories, you look for answers such and such a time. And I laid it all out in a, in a memo, but to think how helpful it would have been to actually have it to be able to be tracked without me opening the file and seeing if the associate had done what I had told them to do would have been so helpful, you know, would have been so beneficial to have the transparency to really be able to look at every file and see if it's on track, see if we missed a step. I can see it's really beneficial. Yeah, ex exactly. And I, I also built out a system for uh, the workflow and process for a trademark application process, which was very similar. She had, I think, over 200 marks that she was handling. And it and especially there, there's a lot of waiting while the patent and trademark office, you know, takes their time to review it. And so it's very easy to just get, get it lost in the shuffle, right? And then, so this is like, so every couple of months, I'd have a little reminder saying, hey, we go check on the status of this, of this mark. Um, and just, and it was recurring. So it was until it was done or until they got to the next step. So that's another example of, of how it's really useful. So we talked a little bit about what you did and, and your freelancing and working with different firms and that you were involved in this tour. So tell me about your service and business now. What do you, what do you do now? Uh, well, what I really enjoy most is doing the is designing the project management uh, system or tools for a particular firm and customizing that for their practice. I also really enjoy actually managing the projects. Um, I haven't done that as much, but I do I do enjoy actually the management, which is all about communication uh, and having that that those conversations with everyone who's involved, checking on me, you know, a lot of meetings, a lot of talking which I like to do. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's, so I, I basically design and implement project management platform systems for, for law firms. So law firms engage you to design process management systems for their workflow. Exactly. Very good. Very good. So who are your primary clients, uh, local law firms? Um, well, the nice thing about having cloud-based tools is that you can work everywhere. For example, the, the, a uh, trademark IP lawyer that I worked with was in Massachusetts. Um, and even though the the mass tort case was in Los Angeles and I'm in Southern California, I actually never met in person with the, the people involved. And one of the freelance attorneys was in Florida. We had a couple in New York. So it didn't really, you know, it was, it, it's, glo it's a global, like, you know, I could work with anyone anywhere. <laughs> so What kind of legal matters are most appropriate for project management tools? Well, 
I think that any matter that any practice where you kind of go through a similar, the similar steps, and that could be litigation in general. And I, like I said, I manage my litigation matters with a project management tool. They're not particularly complex, but they do follow the same, uh, you know, like you said, discovery and motions and, and things like that. And then um, anything that's complex where you have a bunch of different parties, whether that's a lot of parties in one matter on one side or just multiple parties on uh, on the, both sides. I think probably with the uh, truck accident cases, there's probably a lot of parties. I can think, I know construction defect litigation often involves multiple, multiple parties. And even if you're only representing one party, you still need to follow what's going on with all the other parties, right? So more recently I've done uh, family law and we always mm -hmm. have, a fair number of family law cases going on at one time. And while each one is different, I could see having a tool that would let me know, did the discovery go out? Has it been answered? Have, have inadequacies and the answers been pointed out? Were the right forms filed in court at the right time? I could see even for that, it would be very, very helpful to have a system like that, a checklist of the most important steps we need to do. Exactly. Yeah. You can have that right in there and then you can create templates so that you're not recreating, you know, just, well, apply this template to open this matter and boom, there are all your checklists. There's your timeline, all those things. I guess I'm what you would call an old dog. I've been practicing 45 years and this is all honestly kind of new to me. I just realized now I wish I had known it earlier um, or if it existed earlier, one or the other, but do you ever encounter pushback from lawyers who are hesitant to hire you, pay you to create project management tools, not really getting the concept or how it can help them? Yeah. Well, it's more when I work with a firm because, you know, people come to me, they're already think they're already on board with the concept typically. Right. Um, and then, or they're curious enough about it that it's not a problem, but there's all inevitably people they work with, whether it's legal assistants or paralegals or associates or other partners who are like, oh, I don't want another piece of software to have to log into. And, you know, so that's the biggest, I think, thing. And I had a paralegal who was just like, I don't need it to tell to, I don't need it to tell me what to do and then have to go in and tell that I did it. I just, if it's on my to-do list, it's done. And so I, she was really resistant to using the tool and having to interact with it. But I think, you know, the value of it is quickly demonstrated and, because there's usually in most tools, there's a robust communication. It can really replace that inbox, you know, all your email in terms of matter communication. And it's all in one place related to a matter. Uh, so I think, you know, like anything else, it just, you just have to get people involved in creating it and, and the process and get their buy-in that way, I think is really helpful. Uh, but of course there's pushback because like I said, who wants another thing to log into? But I think once they get used to it and see the value of it, 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 you know, it's pretty quick to do that. So I guess for some value. people it creates accountability and someone who feels like I never dropped the ball uh, may not necessarily want to be fully accountable and have it transparent that, oh, I missed this step, but I could see it be a real advantage because there's transparency. We know, oh, we're a little late on this or we haven't done this yet. We need to do this soon that that kind of thing exactly and you know for my the paralegal i was working with who's like i don't want to have to go in and mark something as done well that that's something that the project manager can do the project manager can say hey you know where are we on this oh it's done okay well she can you know i can mark it as done so it there's like i said there's a lot of communication a lot of status 
um, up, you know, updates and talking about where things are. And I guess, you know, to be completely transparent, it doesn't take that long to go in and check, go no. up with the tool and say it's done. I mean, that's a less right. than 30 second step, I assume, you know? Yes, exactly. Is this an extra added expense for law firms to hire you and pay you to create the system? Or is it a cost saver for law firms? Uh, well, of course, you know, at the whatever tool it is, the subscription and per user, that sort of thing. But I think ultimately it saves a lot. It, it saves not only money because you're just handling things more efficiently, but it saves a lot, so much time because instead of, you know, the partner having to run around and check, was this done? Was that done? Where's this document? What's the status? It's all right there in the tool. And I know I had one partner that I worked with. She told me, she's like, oh, it's so nice. Cause I get a call from a client. I just pull up their, you know, report or their whatever account, uh, in the tool and I see everything that's been done and I can tell them exactly where things are and what's next. Wow, that's fantastic. You you sound like you really love what you do. I do, I do. It's it's funny because I it sort of fell into it in a way, but it's yeah, I really enjoy it. What do you find most fulfilling professionally, Catherine? Um I guess and this comes with my name, the resourceful lawyer and I've always been a fan of helping people match match what they need to the re the right resources. I, and you know now it's this project management tool, but I've been doing it that my whole life, and I always like that, like saying, okay, hey, this is how we can do this better. This is how we can, you know, find this information, and you know. So why why do you call your business the resourceful lawyer? <laughs> well, like I said, I always I've always had a pulse on the resources, but it's actually a reference to my, when I was young and I, um, my sister was going to be a bridesmaid and she needed to get her measurements to the bridal store, which was in Northern California. We're in Southern California and she couldn't, con she was before cell phones and texts and everything. So, you know, she couldn't reach the bride. So I said, well, you know, the library has yellow pages. Let's go there and look in, cause we knew what city the shop was in. And I'm like, there's not that many. So that, you know, it was just like, so, and that's the kind of thing I would do all the time is, is use the resource, find the, think about where to find things. And, and like, in my legal work, it's the same thing. You know, you do the legal research and you find the answers. So I love puzzling out the answers and finding things that no matter and chasing them down. I mean, people would tell me, oh, if Catherine can't find the answer, no one can. <laughs> so. Well, that's, I tell you, there's nothing better than to have a reputation for being resourceful. I think that's, <laughs> so Catherine, as we get ready to close, one of the questions I ask all my guests because it's what I'm really about is creating freedom in, in my life. What does true personal freedom mean to you? Yeah, I think for me, personal freedom is being able to live according to my values. And that includes my personal values, my professional values, and also you know, involves self-care and my goal, personal goals and, and aligning all of those things uh, together. And I think that that that's personal freedom to me is being able to live consistent with your own personal you know, compass. I think that's great. I think, um, you know, I, I've written a blog and, and done a uh, podcast about aligning lawyers, aligning their practices with their personal values. Cause so many times we find we're working for a certain firm and we feel uncomfortable. We're not happy. We don't know why. 
And it's because whatever our personal values are, don't fit there. Um, maybe we want more independence. Maybe we want more time with our family. Uh, maybe we want a different practice area, whatever it might be. But whatever our important values are as a lawyer just don't fit. So really understanding what our values are and aligning our life with them really does create personal freedom. So I thank you for that. Catherine, for any lawyers out there who are interested in learning more about what you do and how project management can help them handle their processes more efficiently, make more money in less time, how can they find you? Well, probably the best, you can always go to my website, theresourcefullawyer.com. Anyone can is welcome to email me, Catherine at theresourcefullawyer.com. And I'm also active on LinkedIn. Uh, it's K Porter JD, because as you probably know, there's a lot of Catherine Porters. <laughs> so oh, how about that? I didn't actually know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I There's one, yeah, right here in, in Southern California in the same county as me that I, that I know of. <laughs> how about that? Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today. You're, you really have an area of expertise that can be so important to so many lawyers out there. So thank you for your time and thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you, Gary. And thank you all for being here today. I want to wish you all a really happy holiday season and a wonderful, happy and blessed new year. Thank you all for being here. And as always, please be well, be safe and be free. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you, your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.